Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passions. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment, feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry? Or would you like to join me for a chat? Or would you like to hear from someone in particular? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram and we can catch up. Welcome back for part two of my chat with the Red Hat Rambler, Greg Goodwin. So grab that drink, sit back, relax while we finish our chat. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Business owners have just got to realise that in support again, that the um, the investment in their business is to allow the younger ones to get involved. So yeah, do yeah. you like you're involved with the Southern Group? Do you, do you have yeah. a lot of younger um, surveyors coming to that now, or is well, it? Do you see a shift with younger ones coming through, or? Peter, it's um, it, we we were able to get back face to face there back in the eighteenth of June for the first time for mm. you know since Quite November two thousand and nineteen. Yep. Had about we were able to get about 80, 80 surveyors there, and yeah, look, you know, we've been with the Southern Group stuff. The, the secret is, I guess, providing good content. You know, yeah. And over the years, we've been able to attract a lot of good speakers. We get a lot of our own people talking about current stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, uh, it's a drawing, a drawing a lot of the younger people to it. So, you know, it was probably 50-50 in 2019. We'd build up to that. But the last one, uh, you know, just with the COVID stuff, it was a lot of the older surveyors were there to get their points, but still had a lot of, a lot of young ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's um, – and, and we're finding that, you know, a lot of them – a lot of the attendees at the Southern Group have got their points, but they're coming for the education, um, you know, which is really, really important. So we get we get on to some really, really good topical yeah. stuff. In fact, um, you know, we, we paid quite a bit of dough to, to get a, an outside business coach type person there talking on pricing at the last one, mm-hmm. you know, so um, – can I go off on this one, this direction? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, no, it's been brought up before, but, yeah, the the, the pricing yeah. of, of how people see themselves and their companies and their business and how they just keep lowballing and not actually yeah. see the well, big picture, yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. So, you know, pricing seems to, you know, it's it's been around, look, I mean, looking at the LinkedIn discussions across the world at the moment, um, it's the same everywhere. Pricing of surveyors have this low, low marketability, low public perception, yeah. uh, and it's you know it, it, it it's I don't know why it's just one of those things. We seem to be more of a trade than a profession. Um, so it um, the yeah just where that comes from. So that um, I just thought of someone coming through the door there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
again, back onto that train of thought, um, that just going back to the time that we put in in getting our education and the work that we're the work that we're involved with. Um, can I just cut here for a second? Yep. Yeah. Uh, our office has a drop off. So here, sitting on a Saturday, here's the thing for Alex Janovic, uh, one of our technical blokes. It feels like a book. So it's just come in, and that, that, there was a lot of banging going on at the door there. <laughs> the change in times. The change in uh, times. Yep. Yep. So, so Peter, getting. Oh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Back. Yep. Go for it. Yep. Yeah. So getting back on just after that interlude, getting back onto the pricing. Uh, it's been around a long time in Australia. It's a common thing when surveyors get together to talk about pricing. Uh, it, it's across the world in surveying, you know, with our image and marketing. But, you know, I think we can really do a lot about it if we start to respect that, you know, who we work for um, in terms of the, the Surveying Act or the big construction companies or whatever. And we start standing up, you know, for just our education and the time and, and risk that we take. Yeah, you know, the risk yeah. reward in lots of in engineering surveying, you know, at the moment is like the, the risk far outweighs the reward. And he's coming back to mm -hmm. the creation of the robot, the you know, the the high the high the high volume, low margin people understand, and it's a good, you know, they make money from it, but they understand that they've got to have the product right inside the office. The calc's got to be done correctly, um, it's got to be set up. We'll use the robots to go into the field and do the work and bring it back. We'll check it because if we put a, pot, a bridge pole in the wrong spot or, you know, we we get a, a center line set out in the wrong spot, there goes the dough. There goes yep. the dough. You know, PI insurance comes in, you know, the money. So, you know, the risk in what we do um, is inherent. You know, everything mm -hmm. will come back down to the surveyor. We'll be the last one kicked. And you know you've got to have you've got to have a good management system to make sure that if that happens. You got your records to be able to say no, it wasn't us. This is what we did. It was actually you. Yeah. So, so pricing um, is and management. Pricing and management. You know, as I've said earlier, just going to the uni of Wollongong and getting those couple of years of a graduate diploma made such a big business, such a big difference to me in business. And you know, I've taken it right along and. And I enjoy it. You know, a lot of my reading is done in management books and I understand mm. you know, the system we've got set up. We've got an integrated management system. We, we understand our time costs. We know what things cost. Um, you know, we know what our profit levels are. We know what we've got to do to get there. We know what our debtors are. We know who to chase and you know, yeah. our systems are set up. And you've got to have that to have a successful business. Yeah. And because um, you have a lot of surveyors that, that come out of uni or, or TAFE and work for a little while and then think, I can do this. So they go out and start their own business, but they have, they don't have, haven't been taught how to run a business or what is yeah, actually true. involved in it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, so just if I could, if I put out a piece of advice at the, at the moment in this part of the talk is to all those, to all those youngsters who might be working for someone else, a very good salaries these days, um, and you're thinking that the boss is making a lot of dough, well, you know, he'll probably be doing okay, but there's also a lot of costs. So 
okay, if he's making that much and we're getting paid this much for that job, I might go and try it myself. So I've been through it, you know, from 1985, I've been through it to today. I have a successful business. I'm a director of a successful business, but it has been very, very, very hard work. Yeah. You know, it, just think about it. Go and talk to, if you're, if you're very happy where you're working, think about it. Go and talk to their boss or your directors and just say, look, I'm thinking about this. I might, I might be going out to start my own business. What is the opportunity here? Do you have an opportunity? Because coming in and through succession or through um, you know, purchase into an, a well-established run business, um, will, it, it, you know, it's a lot easier. Mm. Um, and, and in particular, what you're going to probably find is that they have a good diversity of work. Whereas if you go out and start for your own, you're going to get into the competitive market. You're going to get into the, you might set out a few houses, you might do a few topo surveys here and there. Not a lot of money in because it's very competitive. You're going to have to do a lot of those, work a lot of hours on your own, to, you know, doing the calcs, doing the drawing, doing the drafting, when you can probably get yourself into a situation where you can be far more successful um, wealth-wise getting into purchasing into a well-run established business where you get to do lots of work using lots mm. of technology, drones, scanners, GPS, all those sorts of things work in rural and urban stuff yeah. and have a far, far more fulfilling uh, career than working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Like I heard somebody say recently on one of the podcasts, yeah. um, you know, I've been through all that. I've been through all that. And it really needs, it really needs to thinking, but, but Peter, still, if they do go out, they've got to get some business knowledge. They've got to get yeah. into the ACS Business Academy or go and do a course or do something to understand how, how a business works, how, how you need to understand if you want to make a profit, how you need to invoice regularly, how you need to feel confident about what you're charging, be courageous and, and not marking down your pricing. Um, you know, doing all those sorts of things that you need to do to run a successful business rather than just being based on price. Being based on the lowest price is a, is, will burn you out. Yeah. You'll, you know, you'll, 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 you'll work very hard for all your life and at the end of the day you're going to say, well, geez, I wish I would have worked for somebody else. I could have been in a better position. And that's true. Yeah. You, and you know, it's, funny that, it's funny that you say that. I think there's probably so many people out there who wouldn't even think about going to their employer and saying, this is what I'm thinking of. What opportunity do you have for me here? Yeah, well, they should because, you know, um, lots of just, just tied up in the doing and of, of the business and, you know, the running of the business, a lot of, you know, a lot more, a lot more, um, as as the as the practices grow and the businesses grow, you know you start starting to think about succession and identifying those coming through where you might you know you'll engage them in the conversation of saying, well, look, this is where we're going. Are you interested in becoming in becoming part of the business as we as we provide succession? But if that conversation hasn't done, don't just pack up and especially if you've been somewhere for ten years, don't just pack up and say, oh, I've got to go, go and talk to them. Keep yeah. those lines of communication open from an early day. Let them know, let, you, let your, your business managers or business owners know that you are interested in getting into more than just being a professional surveyor in a business. Mm. You know, have those, have those conversations. 
if that doesn't work and you do go out, you've got to get yourself some, some knowledge. Now, you know, I, under, I understand supply and demand, um, you know, and in this climate now, where surveyors are in such high demand, our prices should be going through the roof. Yes. But we find them going lower. Yes. And and that is probably a lot to do Crazy. with the construction industry. Yeah, with the construction industry at the moment. You know, the, the, the big the big constructors have been pushed for margins. And they will demand from us the margins. So, you know, we're seeing we're seeing tenders come out for, for major buildings, tell us how much it's going to cost. No scope. You know, it's 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 <laughs> ignorant. It really is ignorant what they're doing at the moment. You know, it, it doesn't show any respect for surveyors. So, you know, in this business, we're looking, you know, we're winding down our engineering activities after at one stage in the 80s and 90s, that being the founding of up. our business. Yeah. Why, yeah. Com why compete? Go and do, why? just let leave it to somebody else. You know, and I, I did hear, it might have been Evan, and, you know, I got a lot of respect for Evan there talking the other day. He's come over from Iran. He's done great. He worked with RMS, but now he's out in business, mm. you know, and, you know, he, he hasn't, you know, in his own words, he hasn't got a lot of, you know, he's picking stuff up. But so he, he made one point there that he, and, you know, the, the, this was, he was making the point and he used $1,000 and $500. Now, there was a job worth $1,000 that, you know, he's just done for other clients. This other person asked him for the same thing, but he knew that, you know, what did he call it? Uh, a not very good survey company would probably get the job at $500. So he dropped his price to 500. He drops his price to 500, gets the job. But now, okay, that, that, that client says, yeah, okay, I'm very happy. I'm going to come back to you. Yeah. And here's another one. Expectation. How's he from 500 to $1,000? Yeah. Where's he get his $500 for? Far better to say, be courageous and say, and I know it's difficult. I've been through it in those days where you've got to make a living. Um, but if you persevere and work hard, you will. Far better to say, man, this, it's $1,000. Let the, let the $500 job happen. If they've got a problem, they'll come back and, and get you for the next job. But don't drop it to $500 just to keep the, the poor surveyor out, you know, because then you've got to make up the $500 and you're doing yourself no good. Don't try the – my advice to those that are starting, you know, out on their own, don't try and do everything. You know, yeah. don't try and get every job. Do do what you effectively, you know, what's effective and, and pick your clients and and um, use your abilities. So, Peter, we have a, you know, there's a real, there's a real problem there. Um, talked about for a lot of years, but what we've got to do, you know, and part of the idea of the Southern Group was we've got to get people talking to us about pricing, uh, having the courage to, you know, to stick with our pricing, you know, and, 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 and respect what we're doing and demand that, you know, if you want us to work, sell the value, sell the, sell the client experience, make it an experience for your clients to come and work with you. You know, give them something back, add value, do stuff yeah. that, you know, is outside the square and, and make them happy. And, and we're fine, you know, I'm really seeing over the last few years that people, clients are getting sick of the errors that are happening in the low pricing when they accept it, if they do. They're coming back, they're coming back. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Rob Cornish will, will tell a story about um, how he lost the work of a major client. Yep. And he stuck to his price, stuck yep. to his guns, and, you know, at the end of the day, they're back again. Why? Why back? Because it was crap over there. They don't understand the work like you. We see the value that you provide us now. 
that's what we've got to sell the market. You know, we've got to, we've got to be, we've got to all be salesmen. Yeah. Make an experience for your client, but don't try and do it for every client. Leave the leave the leave the C and D clients to somebody else. You know, to the lower prices where they're going to battle and do competition and really get nowhere in their profession. Mm. When today with the supply and demand, we should be up there really, 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 um, really, you know, getting covering our risk. And look, it's possible. Surveying has surveying and the business that I've that we've built here has really been really been good to us. Wealthwise, you know, it's it's it you don't need to be at the lowest cost levels. Just no, stick to your guns and yeah. provide something special. Yeah, and especially when when you look at what a surveyor actually does when it comes to the work that's involved, you're there at the start. You're setting a job up, you're checking it along the way, you're finalizing it to say that yes, everything is correct. You know, you've got other other companies in there doing different things in between, but it's the whole the whole process of surveying and, and what you're what you're actually giving that client in the end. Yeah, true. Nobody so, else can know, do it. No. Not, not 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 as wholesomely as we can. You know, we you're right. Yeah. We are there at the at the at the start. Now, you know, in this business, we've got planning, so we're able to get, capture a lot of the work at the start. But the, the 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 planning phase with a surveyor, an engineer, and a planner works far better than a planner getting the job and bringing it through. You know, at, even at, even at the planning stage, we're thinking about the future of the job. You know, it might yeah. be hundred lots of you. So, how's all this going to fit in and and work mm. along the way? And at the end of the day, the surveyor is there pressing the button with a new plan lodgement for the registration of the plans. You know, yeah. we we do capture the whole lot, and that's what we've got to sell. And you know, the a lot of the a lot of the um, prudent developers these days are aware of that, and they have surveyors. Um, you know, in charge of the projects because we bring so much to it. We understand it. We, un you know, we do town planning and registration. We do engineering and registration. Okay, we're not expert at it, but we understand the principles and we can encapsulate that and put it into the project along with the surveying mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, make, make clients very successful. Yeah. And in, if you make a client very successful, you are due some sort of, very fair recompense for, for doing that. And, you know, we have some major clients that understand that and are very mm -hmm. grateful to, to the advices that we give them along the way in, mm -hmm. in making them very wealthy. And that's, that's, the, that's the, the, the roundabout of development, you know. Just do it and, and enjoy it and, and reap a, a reward from it. So, so coming, coming out of the unis and into your own business, and this is at the TAFE level, the TAFE level, or the you know, being engineering surveyors, yeah, uh, and or at the registration level, get spend some time, read some books, get some books and read them, go and do a couple of courses here or there, understand the basics of finance, the basics of marketing, the basics of selling, you know, debtors and invoicing, and how it all fits into this big package that can make mm -hmm. you quite successful if you do yeah. it properly, and you know, and. Yeah, you know, we see it. With dare I say it, um, Peter? Th there's a scale of it. 
there's a scale of it. Now, so at our, at our 45 level and level of expertise, we know, we know that we could take the Tullumbar, we did all, we did all the work at Tullumbar over the years, subdivision, the Milton Brook subdivision, Fountaindale subdivision, it got sold. Mm -hmm. We've done all the work up, all the work up the valley, all the detail surveys. Um, we know that we could we could do that subdivision. However, it's, it sells to an overseas owner, and the overseas owners and you know a lot of the, the bigger Australian companies see safety, see safety in the bigger companies. In that case, Cardinal. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of people, lots of lots of people, plenty of resources. Never fall over. It's going to all be good. Yeah. But, you know, there's a step in, you know, you're down here on the bottom level, um, you start business and you're messing away with the competition and you start to grow and get more expert and you get clients, better clients, you get to our level, then you maybe get to, you know, 100, you have 80 people or 100 people, then you get to 1,000 people. Um, and, you know, just the, the, the surety that comes to a, a large client, I guess, by having a client like Cardno or... Um, you know, a lot of the big engineering companies. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, it, that's a difficult one to break, but it's a step-by-step -step yes. basis. You know? mm. And, you know, I take my hat off to um, the, the, the firm of land surveys, uh, you know, put together by Peter Rulo, the Western yeah. Australian. And, yeah. and his, his, his emergence, I guess, mm. um, and what, what, what is really taking me about Peter is that, um, you know, he's, he's really adapting this spatial thing. Yes. You know, a lot yeah. of getting into understanding the spatial stuff, but, you know, he's into the utilities over there in Western Australia and that will expand. Um, you know, and I, I take my hat off to him and I wish to, I really wish that I could have come up with um, no problems, only solutions. Yeah. So that's the exception. <laughs> Land surveys, no problems, only solutions. I love it. Every time I see that on one of the trucks, I just go, oh, my God, I wish I had thought of that. Um, so, you know, the, there is a lot of success out there in, in, in the businesses run like that. And, um, you know, everybody can have a go at it. But for Christ's sake, to those that take it on as a one-man band, just realise it's going to be very tough. And, mm. you know, you can't, you can't stay at rock-bottom price forever. So yeah. learn to sell value. Learn to communicate with your clients. Like, you know, Peter, the, one of the big... One of the big deals is communication. You know, we're, we're stuck in this messaging, social media, email world. You know, I'll often be in a meeting in this room and we're pondering and talking about emailing. I'll just pick the phone up and dial them. Oh, look, we're in this meeting. Blah, blah, blah. What do you think about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put the phone up. It's all solved. Oh, oh, we don't have to do any. We've got an answer already. And it's running, <laughs> rubbing off onto a lot of our surveyors and engineers at the moment. Get on the bloody telephone. And talk talk to the client, let them know you're alive, and you know a, a bit of a bit of five minute conversation. A hell of a lot can happen in solving a problem, rather than sitting here around the table overthinking it, writing it on emails, getting swapping emails backwards and forwards. It's a key to success that that mm. form of communication. Uh, and you know, and, and probably you may have picked that up over the last I don't know eighteen months or so since you've been doing the project management role, you know, communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. And there are lots of forms of do it. Still the best one is face-to-face, voice-to-voice. You just get answers. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Right. Mm. It's, um, and trying to 
communicate something across to someone, it just doesn't come through in words on a screen the way yeah. it would if you were actually, yeah, face-to-face or or having that phone call. And I, I even noticed when, you know, we're doing all these Zoom things and all that sort of stuff through the pandemic for the last year and a half now, and we ended up having a face-to-face meeting um, with some of the higher-ups that came to our office. And to me, sitting in that office, it was kind of a relief that you could actually see the body language. You had that face-to-face contact with people that it was just like, wow, you you forget what that is like. Yeah, exactly. Makes such a difference. Yeah, and see, there there are some really good books on that or really good stuff. See, all that is part of the learning and marketing of your own business. Just Mm -hmm. understanding who your clients are, how they're feeling, and the body language that they're offering, the more you meet with them, you can tell when they're getting nervous and when you've got to pull back from something. And, and likewise then with you. So it's a, you know, that, that, that negotiation between client and business, business owner and over pricing and, you know, have the guts to talk about prices. Don't put it over there in the background. You know, it's, you know, with our, with our integrated management system here, you know, which covers our quality, environmental and our work health safety, yeah. Um, you know, we we've just about reached the the overall 100% achievement of we do not do a job without talking price. You know, every now and again something falls in where we miss the price. Somebody one of somebody misses the price, it ends up as being you know uh, x amount of dollars, and they go, my God, that costs a lot of money. And you've got to have that conversation, work out if we're charging in a night, you know, on an hourly rate or on the time. You know, whereas if you can sit down and put together a decent proposal, and you know, Rob Corney said, game I mentioned him, his proposals for those high rises in Sydney are extraordinary. He covers everything. Yeah. And it's all there. And it's so professional. They don't have to ask any questions. Everything's there. Yeah, because he knows um, so he knows down. the ins and outs of what needs you know, what's required yeah. of, to, to complete that job successfully. Yeah, and, and it might be, no, take that out, take that out, take that out. No, no, you'll need that. You'll need that. That's It's going to happen. Now, take yeah. it out. Okay, well, if it happens, it's coming back at, at a, if it happens, it's coming back at a, you know, a extra cost at these rates. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Sure enough, halfway through the job, they're all back <laughs> in. He's not getting he's not getting the price that he would have got over here. He's getting the extra price mm. for doing the extra work. So, you know, it's, it takes a lot of pressure off a business manager or, or a, an employee when they're writing an invoice where someone has signed off on it and said, we accept your fee. Now, you know, if, if, uh, if in, in putting together your pricing uh, and, 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 you know, in cadastral surveying, especially in, you know, all system stuff or limited title, it can be a bit of a mixed box. You don't know because you haven't got your full search. You might have spent three or four hundred dollars on search yet when you're pricing it. But you can build into that proposal what is normal. This is for normal work. If yeah. if, if if we start to step out what is so normal, what, what what we consider as normal, we will call you and tell you we're having troubles here. There is going to be an additional cost as indicated in the proposal. Yeah. Now, you know, when, when you start working for clients over and over and over again, they know that your proposal is going to be, oh, yeah, they, they stick to it. But then they'll also know on occasions when you start talking to them, they'll respect that, oh, this is one of those occasions. So you can manage all that. 
Mm. You've, you've just got to be courageous about how you deal with proposals, how you deal with your clients, but provide them value and good and 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 good direction um, so that they respect you as a professional and they'll respect you in the pricing. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's nothing nothing really like, or you know, in, in terms of the pricing and invoicing thing, there's nothing really like writing a twenty thousand dollar invoice on the thirtieth of June and having it paid on the first or second, mm. you know, of July. When that and we've got clients that do that, and you know, and you just get well, that, they really respect what we're doing, and that's far more than the five hundred or the thousand dollar thing over here that I was talking about, where it's a battle. And they don't they don't respect you, they respect the price. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. But there's a lot to be done in that space. And I think we're going to see a lot more of it over 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 this decade with those younger surveyors um, um, certainly getting mentored from the bigger businesses that are happening now, like you know, SDG, um, Lockley, uh, CMS surveyors, where you know they're realizing that whilst they're busy, they're they're, they're making time and investing money on the training and the mentoring. You know, we certainly are. Yeah. Um, and it makes a hell of a difference and it's going to make a hell of a difference to the profession, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, hopefully more companies start to see the worth in it. Yeah. Mm. How are we going for time? Am I, am I overdoing this? No, oh, we're okay. We're just... okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. Um, yeah, good. Okay, so of all of the business stuff that you've sort of, you know, we've been talking about, what would be the best work advice that you were ever told? Um, so probably, probably, um, you know, the best business advice I was ever ever been told was to work hard. You know, definitely uh -huh. work hard. Don't yeah. you know? Nothing's going to come easy. Yeah. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. If you if you want to, you know, you want to be successful, you're going to have to work hard. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I've, I'm lucky to very fortunate again that you know my wife and my kids have supported that all those business years. You know, there's a couple of them, couple of them work in the business now. Um, yeah. My wife certainly does. Mm. Um, but it would be to you know, and. Take, like David Woolridge, I guess, once I started backing up a lot of, you know, the business stuff I had, our business coach said, don't sell yourself lightly. You've got to add value. You know, you've, he, he really made it clear that you put all this time in uh, into doing what you're doing, uh, to getting a free university, through high school, free university, through registration, through building a business. Don't sell yourself short, short. And it comes to the pricing. Be courageous in it. And, 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 Sell for your value, add value to your client, be a salesman, um, take it out there and be confident. And, and, you know, in getting the confidence, like Peter, the full package can come, getting the confidence, go and, go and get yourself involved with an institution or ACS or something like that. Um, ACS, particularly from the business point of view, mm. get up and speak and talk and go and do some addressing, talk some, talk some papers, present it, present at, um, at, at CPD things. Gain that confidence and then sit down with your clients with that confidence. So sell yourself is probably the biggest one. Yeah. You know, sell yourself. Yeah. So that, um, you know, we need to do that. We need to do that as, as a profession at the moment because I guess, you know, our biggest threats at the moment that I see, uh, you know, resourcing. 
We just haven't got the people. Mm -hmm. Now, if I if I said to you, Peter, um, you know, that's technical and and um, you know, which is not such a problem with you know TAFE Cert Three Cert Four diploma, but mm -hmm. it's got to continue. If that fell over, like you know, on LinkedIn, if, you know, a month or six weeks ago, when they were talking about shutting down whatever was going on in Sydney, like I looked at that and said, no, this can't happen. We need our technicians. Yeah. Where do we get them? Uh, but but certainly with registered surveyors, registered surveyors are, are so busy at the moment, and you know, I don't know, I don't know that that. Um, and, and the mentoring has fallen off over the years. And, you know, I don't know that they're as strongly aligned as a lot of us older blokes that came through and, and you know, this integrity thing with the cadaster. And, you know, we're previous to work with, previous to work under the, under the Surveyors Act. Um, but at the current time, and I'll, I'll get into this a little bit, you know, through what goes on out the backs here and the yelling and screaming about deposited plans in, and errors in them, it's probably the worst, the worst that I've seen in my career for the for the output in deposited plans. Like go back to the start. I mean, virtually every every plan you picked up through the 70s and 80s uh, into the 90s was correct. The lots closed, the fixes were right, yeah. the connections were right. You know, we had a plan, we had a plan come from out of out of Calderwood um, there some some years ago where there was a block of land, a lot of land, and it was, let's say, let's say it was, it was a bearing, but I'll say 90. It was 90 degrees, 90 degrees for 100 metres, 90 degrees for 100 metres, 90 degrees for 100 metres, 90 degrees for 100 metres. So it was the same dimension around the block. So, and it was in the, you know, in the, and it was, so it was, in other words, it was a dot, not a lot, it was a dot, because yeah. it's, it's the same point. So that just shows that the lot hasn't been closed. They have, you know, whoever did that plan did not take <laughs> the time to sit down and close the lot. You know, when I was mentored and put through, you know, we get, we get a, we print out the A3 or the A, and it still happens here today, we print out the A3 or the A2 plan, we get a, a green Felt pen and a red yeah. pen, a pink felt pen. And we go through and we will cross stuff off of green. Go through all the lock closes, all the connections on the machines. You'll do all this sort of stuff. And eventually you'll have pink there and you get it fixed. And then, you know, it'll get fixed on the machine. You'll, you'll, you'll make sure that the draftsman didn't change anything else. And then at the end of the day, you'll lodge it. And you know that if it's an error, um, it's going to come up. That it's something that's missed. We're all going to make errors. Yeah. or miss something but at least there has been it's been a 100% process to get there that's just not happening mm -hmm. you know there's a there's a plan there's a plan over at Unidera there an industrial plan that we're working on at the moment one of the lots the lot the lot has a 5.7 meter misclose wow on the 88 b it refers to easements that aren't shown on the plan you know in connections to other lots it's just a disgrace it's, you know i had this at the southern group the other day yeah. and i'm just saying this is where we're at this is a disgrace to mm. to a to the profession of, of being a registered surveyor um you know and i believe it is and you now where is that coming from is it coming from um, you know the, the later uh, registered surveyors coming out and realizing you know well it's, it's about the dough um the money that can be made or is it you know we don't really understand that we work for a, a, a you know an act of parliament or is it that we just got too much work 
uh, by taking on everything we do at a lower price that you know once we get once we get into these jobs uh, we hit our time cost let's say we we quoted four thousand for it we're heading up to seven thousand and we just start a couple of losses on this and we'll we'll lodge the dp probably yeah. got something to do you know with the, the change over the years in lrs or land property information not checking lots and stuff but let me let me put this question to you if you if you were the the head of land registry services which is you know owned by an equity mm -hmm. group equity investors they put yep. money in to lease this thing for 38 years and you were employing let's say 30 people to check the plans of registered surveyors and they're they're not registered surveyors no they do a tape course yep and they get they get tutored internally on you know the checklists and what to look for would you be would you be would you be a bit dubious about why we have registered surveyors when you've got 30 people that you're paying let's say you're paying fifteen hundred dollars a week you know so 30 times fifteen hundred for 52 weeks of the year why are we paying these people to check the plans of a registered surveyor that is supposed to be working in accordance with the with the with the surveying and spatial information act and its regulations why aren't they doing that why are these registered surveyors not doing this why are we paying why are we paying extra to to keep these 30 people employed at our cost to check a registered surveyor's you know plan and he's a registered surveyor that's been through four years of university two or three or four years of registration and is supposed to be an expert I don't get it. What would you be? What would you be thinking? You think that it's crazy, but you... <laughs> the... would you think? Would mm. sorry, that's a hard one. Would Would you think? Yeah. Let me let me. Would you think that? Do we need registered surveyors? Well, we do. If they're so busy, if they're so busy out there, if registered surveyors are so busy and they're making these errors, maybe we need more surveyors in there. So can that be a, a, a technical surveyor that's got 20 years of experience? And I know there's lots of good ones. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been mentored by lots of good technical surveyors that are as good as what a registered surveyor can do. Yes. They can produce some, and they have in a lot of cases more pride than some of the stuff that I've been seeing lately and that I've been bought daily. Look at this plan. Can you send it to Dave Joe? Look at this plan. Can you send it to LRS? Yes. Highlight these surveyors. So, you know, my... I don't think that's too far. It's too far a pipe dream to think that at some stage, you know, um, that question is asked. I remember, I remember going back in the mid two thousands when I was coming into presidency. A lot of, you know, there was a state government um, uh, washing machine that was going through all all acts and regulations, and working out whether they could deregulate. And there was a big push from the surveyor general and the banking industry and the property industry to say that registered surveyors are needed. But they, you know, they could have been looking at deregistered. Do we need registered surveyors? Do we need an act of parliament and a set of regulations to govern registered surveyors to look after our to look after our um, integrity as of the cadaster in the state? You know, what 10, 15, 15 years later, I think if that question was asked a bit more and they sat down with sat down with LRS, who are a private, a private institution that, mm -hmm. that are there to make money and mm -hmm. turn a profit for the equity owners, yep. 
there might be some suggestions that no, I think we need to change here. Yeah, well, yet to be seen, yet to be seen. But well, know, I, I think, yeah, I think that we need registered surveyors, but I also think, as you said, there's a lot of technical surveyors out there that are competent in doing the job of boundary definition that that I think that they should have a chance to be able to apply for registration and go through the process even if they haven't done university. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really I think that, that that should be the case. Yeah. Especially, you know, if, I mean, if they've got 15 or 15 years, 10, mm. 15 years experience in cadastral work, they've been mentored by registered surveyors. Yeah. Um, you know, and they have a pride in their work. Yep. Well, you know, it could be on the tables. We've we've got to fix this problem somewhere. And I don't think that getting, you know, we're doing our best at getting kids into into surveying and through university. Um, yeah, we're going to looks like you know now uh, with the latest stuff um, and and lobbying by ACS and others that um, you know surveying is put on the skill shortage now. For overseas, you know, in fact, mm -hmm. I see a post on LinkedIn the other day where land surveys, Peter Rulo's um, mob, uh, are now advertising across the world for surveyors to help yeah. them on their jobs, and you know, in, on just what's going to happen in Western Australia. Yeah, yeah and it's not just Western Australia, it, it's all states. You know, mm -hmm. we're in growth mode and we're at the limit now. We're at the limit. Yeah, I uh, think, I think the, the issue is too that. The marks are so high to get into university that, you know, a lot of surveyors I've spoken to over the time have said that, you know, they they shouldn't have been at university. They were lucky to get in by a back door or by this or by that. Mm. And they're really good yeah. surveyors. So it kind of shows that, you know, you might not be able to get that, what is it, 92, 95, whatever the mark is now. Yeah. There's still people who can't achieve that mark, but are still very competent in being able to go through the process and do the university if that's what they felt they wanted to do. But they can't because they didn't get that number. Yeah, sure. You know, you look yeah, at so Southern Queensland has over 700 students going through their online program. Yeah. Because for some reason or not, you know, yeah, okay, some did TAFE, uh, some are just working full time. That's the way they've chosen to do their study or whatever. Some of them is because they haven't got in, been able to get into UNSW yeah. with the mark that they got. Yeah, true. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, maybe maybe there's got to be flexibility introduced there. Maybe that maybe we'll see that. Yeah. You know, and thank goodness for USQ. And I mean, Craig uh, at UNSW does a fantastic job. They do it yeah. at, so at University New, at the University of Newcastle as well. Yeah. But you know, if we didn't have USQ at the moment, you know, I don't know what we'd be doing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. So I don't know. But mm. yeah, certainly there's lots of work out there at the moment, and um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to change for this decade. Just we're in growth. Yeah. We're in growth. Mm. So, mm, interesting times. Most definitely. Interesting times. Most yeah. definitely.
So you've been with your wife for it sounds like quite a long time and she's been uh, part of the company and yeah as well um how when did how did you meet when did you meet um well sort of met that so the other fella the other fella um that i mentioned got into the university of new south wales uh, at the same time as i did from a dad talking to henry werner um john hart um he he was married young uh and at the at his wedding actually uh, in 1976. Uh, no, so no, at his wedding in 1970, 1971 or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, we I met Kath, my wife, and uh, yeah, it's, got married in 76. Went overseas and had the three kids. And yeah. Yeah, Kath's, Kath's probably still sitting down there at home today, um, doing some MIOB stuff and <laughs> keeping herself busy. So you know we. Look, our family has a very high work ethic, um, mm. you know, which came down like from her side of the family as well. Her, her dad and mum, you know, were um, chicken farmers and that sort of stuff, and worked very hard. And you know, certainly my side of the family has this, it's now inherent in our daughters. Yeah, uh, and they're married, you know, hardworking blokes. Mm. So, so no doubt there'll be generations coming <laughs> up behind us. And, um, you know, and the hard work, hard work can make you very fortunate. You know, you, um, you know, I'm fortunate. Kath and I are fortunate that you know we have done a lot of hard work, but um, you know, uh, we got a lot out of our systems with the overseas travel, and you know, we we fit a lot into our life. I, I can fit a lot into my 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 days. You know, up in the mornings and exercising and you know out and about and home and whatever you and seeing people and kids and what have you you just got to make the most of your time on this planet you know Mm. um yeah just just do it yeah yeah um, okay and yeah so um you know that they will contribute to the the success of land team i guess and you know and Mm. we've got good people here yeah um you know a lot of people you know have been here 20 years or like you know, you owe a lot to them, and um, you know, Kathy, my executive assistant, that you know has made my life over the last ten or fifteen years far, far more, far easier than what it was. And her dedication, and the dedication of all the whole crew, really, mm. um, you know, and it's it's a well managed place. We've got good systems, and and you know, we provide them with opportunity, and and you know, and I know that. Um, their salaries and wages um, are, are very good in context of the overall profession. So we give them opportunity and yeah. you know, the, op- the opportunity to succeed and, and let, let them push their push their careers as, as far as they can. You know, and I've had feedback, Peter, um, you know, we had a registered surveyor in Paul Riley, who was a great bloke. He'd been with us since the 90s, came through TAFE. Went to University of Newcastle, got registered, you know, and after 20 years, it was probably time for Paul just to go and try somewhere else. Um, and, you know, he, he's a great bloke and I love him. And um, he, we communicate not as much as we should, but, you know, his feedback once he left was, shit, I understand what, I now understand and see what that business was all about. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's so, 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 Managed well and great culture and what have you. And, you know, recently um, we had another registered surveyor that moved on 
was only here for a couple of years, but you know the feedback was, well, this is, it's a strong business and a great place to work. So mm. you can't, you know, people can't be around forever. People don't sign no. up to be here for, for 10 years, 20 years. They don't sign up for a lifetime at the one spot. But when you have got those people that have been around a long time, there must be something in the culture that, you know, that says I'm staying. So, you know, mm. yeah. Mm, yeah, so. Mm. And you so say you managed to. Been you... A strong, yeah. It has been a strong family contribution over the yeah. years. Yeah. And yeah. you say you manage your time well. Um, and I guess you must have to because you get to take time away and you were saying, you, you know, you were going to take a few days and travel and go and, and you know, do your, your red hat rambler and, and look yeah. at the, the marks and do all that kind of stuff. So how do you how do you manage that with such a busy company? Well, so we're, we're in a bit of a struggle at the moment. You know, our senior people, our directors, um, um, with being so busy and, and having lost a couple of senior people but bringing yeah. up some new people behind that, you know, I, I did have some holidays booked in, in, in early May, a couple of weeks, which we had to forego, but mm -hmm. hopefully we've got some booked in September where I'll get out and into the desert a bit. Um, and yeah, Bob uh, had some holidays booked. Bob Bender's open recently. He he's had to can and when a couple of big stratum surveys came through. So it, it is it is um, it's it, it's busy times. Mm. So, but overall, uh, and COVID, you know, like COVID yeah, today, the, the twelve just... o'clock call today is it it takes it out of you. Like at 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 my level. You care about the employees. You care about them going home. You know, one of my strongest ethics is the way they came to work. They should go to home, go home, or even feeling better. You know, mm -hmm. safety wise and health wise. So part of that culture, I guess, of keeping people here for all those years is caring about them. Yeah. And I really do. You know, my wife and Kathy will see how much, and my daughters see how much. You know, the people at work. I, I care about the people that work here. And, and this COVID thing, every time it comes around, it just drains you. So today, um, it's like Gladys, and, and I'm not contradicting. I don't get into, you know, we've got leaders. They see what's going on. I don't get into the whole field that we should have locked down or should have done that or, it, it's, or the whole blah, blah, blah. You know, that's what it is. And today we're told that, you know, in the red zone, which Wollongong and Illawarra is, um, you know, construction is going to shut yeah. down. Big construction yep. and small construction is going to shut down until the end of July. Yeah. Which out the back here with our survey um, may mean, you know, we haven't got work <clears throat> in the field for people for the next couple of weeks. And then, yep. you know, what do they do in the office? Um, in the engineering out the back there, we're so busy, we've, we've got lots of stuff that they can still work with, you know, in, in the planning of CCs and stuff like that. But so, you know, that was at 11 o'clock so yeah my philosophy is well i'll just wait for the i'll wait for the news release to come out but what yeah. i'll wait for more is michelle to do her thing which i expect <laughs> will probably be there this afternoon or tomorrow saying this is the latest surveyors acs members this is what you can do you can do this you can do that you can't do that yeah and once we know um we'll make a few decisions i guess on how the next couple of weeks are going to pan out yeah it's difficult isn't so, it yeah mm. Mm. So yeah, it's um and, and you know in the in the surveyor article, you know, it, I was really thrilled that um Michelle thought that it'd be a you know a, the the family dynamic 
Yeah. Um, we were able to get capture that. There's a great photo in there. Uh, and I was also thrilled with Justin Curl, you know, down there in Golden. And the mm -hmm. Curl's business was down there for a lot of years with his father, Russell, very well respected. Yeah. You know, and Justin's done a great job in the community down there. He's been the president of, of, of Rotary, puts a lot back into the community, um, you know, gets involved with a lot of the history stuff down there. And, you know, he's really well respected. So Yeah, you know, that as, was really interesting as, to read. Yeah, and, mm. you know, as Paul was and definitely made the point and, you know, I was impressed with him making the point that, you know, we can gain so much by, you know, just what that King and Campbell practice up there in Port Macquarie is put back into the community and how well respected they are, you know, politically uh, by the local MPs, by the council and that sort of stuff. You know, we really can, as surveyors, make a difference. And that's part of, that's part of selling our profile. Mm. We're not, you know, we're not just tradesmen, look like tradesmen on a construction site. We have far more to offer, and that's going to be that. That's going to be the secret of how we deal with that over the next eight years. You know, for I guess for our whole future of the profession, and that that and um, some sort of national recognition, some sort of national national institution or group or forum for surveyors across Australia. You know, we need it really too. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to lighter things. You like yeah. to read? Yep. What's the most interesting thing you've read lately? Besides the surveyor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, besides the surveyor magazine. <laughs> um, look, I, there's been a couple of things. I, you know, my kids and, you know, we were talking about this today. Um, what are you going to do if you close down? Oh, we've got plenty of books to read. You know, I've got, I love getting into a bookshop. Yeah. I really do love walking and just feeling a, feeling a hardcover book. You know, so I've got a number of Tim Winton books that I've built up over the years, um, um, you know, Breathe and uh, a couple of others that I'll get to in, in the turning, I'll get to in times. But the last couple I've read, um, uh, I read at Christmas. So really, that time I read is If I'm Away. Um, at Christmas, I read um, The Lost Man by Jane Harper, um, a fiction, but based on... But, you know, being out in Western Queensland on stations and stuff that happened out there, really thrilling book. I couldn't put it down. I want to get her book called The Dry and read that. Which, uh, that is moving fabulous. Yep, the book is fabulous. Yeah, so I really want to have a look at that. Um, but, I, you know, one that really impressed me was a, a book called The Bush School by Peter O'Brien. Okay. Uh, that's a, a late 2000 book and it's on... Um, it's on uh, he was a school teacher in the late 60s and in those days coming through uh, uh, Teachers College, you had to cough up for a rural setting for a year. You had to go mm. into the country for a year. That was part of the deal. If we taught you this and cost you nothing, you're going to get out in the country before you come back to the city. Yeah. And he went to a place called Weabonga up, up uh, and in September I had to visit Weabonga get up north a bit and just check out mm -hmm. this little village, which is still there, had a school, and he taught 18 pupils up there. And in the 60s, it, you know, it's not that long ago. It's 50 years. Mm. The hardship. The, the, where we've come from in 50 years in Australia, you know, is unbelievable. It really is. And, you know, not, that's not just technology and stuff. It's just life. Yeah. You know, how that, the book describes just how life was living in that little town 
how they they hunted their food, you know, from kangaroos or possums or what have you, and, and what a and what a struggle it was just to get from Weabonga into Tamworth, the thirty or forty k's to play football on the weekend and take kids in, you know, very few vehicles. And it was a great book. And you know what I do like about it, they had they had a there was a kid in his class, Tom, uh, that showed a lot of mouse and ability. And he, Tom was just going to go back to the farm. Uh, but the farming was very tough. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't good land, and he had to talk to Tom about being a surveyor. You know, go and be a surveyor mm, or okay. do something else other than being a shearer. So yeah. I was quite impressed that it got yeah, that mention. Right. That was a, that was that was a great book. Yeah. But probably probably the favourite read over the last few years has been the Rules of Backyard Cricket by okay. um, Jack Sarong. Right. So I got another another fiction book, but it was. That that you just definitely couldn't put down. I read that in a you know, a few days over Christmas a couple hmm. of years ago. So nice. I don't do enough. I, I love reading, but you know, lot, I read a lot of management books and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. All right. What's your guilty present? Sorry, guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Mm. Uh, probably alcohol. <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> Although. Although it certainly has been over the over the over the over the over the course of my life, it's just with the family, I guess. But I, you know, I really have cut back a lot over yeah. the last few years. But I still really do enjoy a, a few beers with mates and yeah. you know, wine with the family and stuff like that. So yeah, mm. so it's just the the moderating of it these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that for sure. How yeah. do you relax? Uh, so Peter, I guess I've, I, I guess I've developed the ability over the years of hard work. Um, you know, people say to me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have a week off. I'll say I'll have a week off, but what's the point? How are you going to, by the time you get to the end of the week, you just wound down and you're going to be back at work. But, yeah. you know, I can, I can walk out the door and cut it Switch off. off. That's a good and trait to have. Work. Yeah, really take it away, and and I guess you know um, the you know, and I can say this without cliche that my work is my hobby. Yeah. You know, I've loved what I've done. I enjoy it. And I might have said to you a couple of weeks ago, you know, if, if I'm in here today, nobody else around, and I've got a, a boundary fix where I'm pitting my brain against the boundary fix and my my brain and expertise against the boundary fix. I can come in here at nine o'clock and. I, I, I'll look outside, it'll be seven o'clock at night. And I, you know, I'm just, and I feel enthused. Um, yeah. So, so I can, you know, so nothing, if I'm away, I'm accessible. I don't need to shut the phones down. I can, you know, I can take a couple of calls and deal with stuff, but I can, I can shut down. So, you know, I can relax anytime really, uh, yeah. except COVID. COVID does cause me some distress just with the business and the conditions mm. and the daily stuff and the, you know, but I'm learning to, we're going to have to learn to live with that because it is a very extreme, for a manager, I, you yeah. know, like a corporate manager, gee, it must be a, well, I suppose a corporate manager's got a whole work, HR system underneath him that, that will deal with it. But, um, yeah, I can relax quite easily, but, you know, I'll relax with family, um, the, my girls, you know, we'll walk most, most weekends or something. They've got a couple mm -hmm. of dogs. Uh, and, you know, at the moment, I, like, I going overseas there um, all those years ago for a couple of years. My friends and that have been around with you know, and I still 
still have a bunch of friends that we play cards with or go to the races, um, you know, seven blokes from Kira High. Yeah, yeah. Um, that we still get together all these years later. We were just recently out at Kemmer Grange and catching up with each other, the lunch out there on the day and a bit of punning and what have you. Um, so just grandkids. So where I was going there, they they had kids a lot earlier than us. And, you know, I'd see these grandkids come along and these blokes would just go, they'd turn into mooches and I'd go, look, I've had, I've had three kids. And what are you blokes doing? Like, and I'll tell you what, my eldest daughter, Lauren, had Elkie, uh, our first grandchild, and we I walked into that hospital um, and met Elkie, and straight away I knew what was going on with those other blokes. <laughs> they used it. It is just something maternal inside you just goes, oh, my God, this is just a moment of such pleasure. Yeah, and I've heard they that. Are, they are such pleasure. I, <laughs> I, I, we love them and they bring so much joy and that's relaxation. And, you know, each of the each of the girls, Stella's got two dogs, Lauren's got two dogs and Sarah's got one dog and, you know, the dogs love us and we take them for walks and we got, uh, actually, we got two of the dogs staying over tonight. Lauren's dogs have come over for a stay and, uh, you know, <laughs> stay sleepover. So that'll give us something, some real pleasure this evening to spend some time with those dogs. Yeah, easy, oh, it's easy nice. to relax. Yeah, easy to relax. Yep, yeah, nice, nice. Uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, a superpower, what would it be? A superpower, what would it be? I would think that if I had a superpower and I could stand on a mountain and go across the world, I now read you of mental illness. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I think, I think that would be my greatest superpower. I've really come to understand, um, I'm again, very fortunate that, you know, I don't have mental, mental mm. illness. I had some insecurities when I was way younger. I'm a, a confident person and, you know, I don't worry. I, I love... I love being alive. You know, I see the value in everybody around me and mm. everybody, every human has so much to offer and it just saddens me. Um, you know, Peter, the other day we were, we were doing an RMS job at, um, up at Bald Hill at, at, at uh, Stanwell Park. They've done some stuff with the, the Lawrence Hargrave Drive where they put some big retaining walls in there. I was up um, sorting out some control with the crew there the other day. I drove back along, I drove back along um, Seacliff Bridge. Yeah. And as I was driving there, there were some people flicking lights. And I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be police up here. As I come around the bend, sure enough, there was police, but they had the road blocked. And I pulled up and thought, oh, it must be an accident. When I looked closely, there was a bloke on the outside of the fence. Oh, no. On the outside of that, on, he climbed over that railing and was hanging there and they were trying to talk him and he was leaning backwards and forwards and I just thought, oh, my God, that, what what contributed to that? So, to get to, yeah, you know, to, some, get to that. some cars were sitting there, you know, I had to turn around and go, I, I, couldn't, mm. I couldn't watch what was going on there. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully they talked him over the fence, but if we could... If, if I could use that superpower just to make people realise that, you know, when it gets so tough, just get out in nature and have a look. Yeah. You know, get out of the cities, get off the drugs, go and see whatever's, just get out mm -hmm. in the desert for a bit and see nature and find out what it's all about. And, and you know, the, the complete nothingness out there, that would be my superpower. Mm. 
That'd be a nice one to have for sure. Yeah. Yeah. At a party, where would someone find you? Uh, in the thick of things. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you could go back in history, where would you go? Go back in history? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, probably on that uh, Burger Mills trip, exploration trip. From Melbourne wow. to the top end, yeah, and just, just um, find, you know, find out where they got to, and you know, probably where it got to, what held them up, and just how they, how they felt when they got back to the dig tree, and there was nobody there. <laughs> Exploration. I'd like, I w- I'd like to go back to, yeah, I'd like to go back to, you know, the early eighteen hundreds, and get on some of these. You know, Mitchell's explorations or Burke and Wills or Leichhardt's or mm-hmm. like that would have really fitted me. I'd love to be out there just working through Australia at that stage and what what was out there? What was over that? What was over the? What was over the Blue Mountains? Yeah, yeah. So nice. that, that that that's where I go. I think. Cool. What would be the title of your memoir? Uh, what would be the what would be the title of my memoir? Uh, a life with no regrets. Yeah, I think that would suit for sure. All right, lastly, would you make the same choices again if you had a do-over? Um, yeah, look, yeah, there might have been there might have been a, a few things I'd I'd do. I'd do differently. Um, you know, one of them, dare I say it, was, you know, I was, and this is something that's introduced me to the moderation in the last couple of years. I was at my, son, my brother-in-law's 60th birthday on an island off, off, um, off Auckland in a big house aid high. The family was over there in 2018, November mm. 2018 on that, yeah, two, November 2018, and we were having a raging party. And, you know, beautiful house over it, but what it did was it had a lawn and then a, a three-metre drop with a retaining wall. And it was like one of those virtual swimming pools, and it was about, well, 20 past midnight or something, the party was going on, and I was jumping around to some Paul Kelly stuff or it might have been some... Um, red hot chilli pepper stuff and had the boom box up by my ear and <laughs> down, you know, got swung around, swung around and then disappeared over the retaining wall, landed here first in, a, in the only plant below it that broke my fall, otherwise oh. I was head first into the concrete. Jeez. So I got a bit of concussion, went to bed really ill the next few days, got over it, went down the southern, down, down the south island for a couple of weeks with Kath and Mm. And sort of said, okay, okay, son, you better just start to act your age a little bit. So, <laughs> so I wouldn't do that again. But um, I wouldn't do that again. But very overall, lucky. Yeah, overall, um, when the day comes, I'm I'm not going to judge myself. I'm going to say, you know, I've done everything I really want to do. I've had a full, healthy life, and yeah. I've been again. Here's this word: fortunate. I've had fortunate to have good family good assistance, good people around me and a lot of opportunities. So, mm. yeah, no, I'm happy with my mental. 
Nice. Mm. Um, Red Hat Rambler, before we finish. Yeah. What brought that on? How did that start? Uh, well, probably, <laughs> probably my gregariousness. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I do wear a red hat. <laughs> uh, it's a red Akubra. My favourite colour is red. Um, you know, a red car. My wife drives a red car. Um, I don't know, Peter. I'm just, just, just who I am. I'm just be different a bit, I guess. And you know, I remember being up there some years ago. I've had this red hat for a while, and walking down into Lennox Head uh, from uh, that have been up there for a big day. You know, a, what's the festival up there? Easter. Um, at, Oh, um, uh, you know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, the one, the, the anyway. one in Byron Bay, in, in name from Byron Bay, yeah, at yeah. that. Um, again, you know, with a couple of, well, with my family, with uh, Catherine and a couple of kids and a couple of blokes that, you know, in the car parties that I still go to. And I was walking down the hill in the Lennox, it's very parochial up there, and a surfer was going out, and he said, you're wearing your wife, wearing your wife's hat, mate. And I said, well, blah, 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 we won't get into the obscenities of flow, but I said, well, stuff that, I'm going to keep wearing this hat. And, um, you know, it's just one of those, so it just developed into, it's about surveying, and I, yeah. you know, I really, the point of it, I guess, is just making those younger ones coming through, uh, remember that, you know, what we've got today in terms of our control and, you know, core system and GPS and all that, was based upon something far more, you know, as equally as fundamental in the days when it really, when it really mattered, our mapping and our trig stations. And you know, Peter, you can you, you go to a trig station site, you know, away from urban areas, and it's going to be in a wonderful position. You're going to see great views, yeah. and you know, it's going to get you to to parts of Australia uh, that you probably wouldn't otherwise go to. Uh, and it's all falling apart because of GPS. You know, the Crown Man's just, and the government hasn't got the money to maintain it when they don't need to. Mm. I understand that. But, you know, it's just a bit of history. And like the one with the tree, when I get out there to Tom's tree, it's going to be, you know, um, how long do you think this took to do? Would, would you do this today? Would your boss allow you to cut this today or would you whack in a GI pipe? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and things things were a bit different in those days. In the early 1900s, there was probably a crew of, I don't know, 10 or 15 in working in that spot, the draftsman, the surveyor, the instrument men, the, the labourers, the cook and all that sort of stuff. You know, in 100 years, we've come so far, and in 50 years, we've come even further. So further. just a bit of fun, a bit of fun, and it caught on, and it's got a bit of a following, and, you know, uh, yeah, it's, and it, it's got me looking. Yeah, you know, the latest one with the with the cause network is you know out yeah. there at Port Kembla. Yeah, yeah. I'll explain a bit more about that. So I don't know, just uh, promoting surveying. Yeah, you know, it's nice. picked up. It's picked. It's picked up not just by surveyors, but a lot of other people. Are, you know, when you tune in and see us look at it, there's a lot of other you know, management, HR, salespeople mm -hmm. are, are all tuning in. What's this lunatic doing? But. <laughs> Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's a bit of, bit of fun, and my family enjoy it, and those around me enjoy it. So yeah. Well, I think that's, that's like the main thing: do, doing something that you like, getting enjoyment out of it, yeah, and yeah. promoting the profession as you go. Yeah, and mm. it's, I guess it's my mantra at the moment: is you know, as long as I'm relevant, 
as long as I'm relevant to the business here, you know, where we are now, um, as long as I'm relevant to the profession, I'll keep doing it. Once I, once I sense that I'm starting to miss some relevancy, um, you know, I'll, I'll probably start to think about, well, maybe I'll just start to sit down and do those plans and pull back a bit. But at mm -hmm. the moment, I've got no, no ambition to pull back. And, um, you know, and there was something, if, if I could leave perhaps just with one point, uh, in keeping relevancy, um, it's to those those people that those managers of of, of survey firms, whether they're big or small or, or what, mm. but it's just make sure you keep up with the technology and understand what it does in the field. You know, get into the field, get out into the field, and see what your people are doing, see that they're doing it correctly, see how the machinery is being used, understand how it's being used, understand how it can be applied, because if you don't if you step away from it, that's when you start to become a bit of relevant, you know, yeah. with those around you. You can't, you can't, you can't rely on what you were doing ten years ago when you were in the field full time mm. to what's happening now, because in ten years, you know, we've got scanners, we've got UAV, oh, we've got excellent tailor stations, yeah. we've got a whole range of things, controllers that have advanced so far in ten years. You, you've got to understand how they work. Okay, you mightn't be able to work them but you've got to understand how you can apply them to business and how those employees that you have, those workers that you have are employing them so that you can have meaningful conversation. Yeah. And that's one thing that, you know, uh, you know, I love getting into the field. Uh, it's, yeah. it's very seldom these days. I was in there the other day. Hopefully next week I'll get a couple of days down at Tarlow um, just catching up on things, but just keeping that relevancy going, I think. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so. Great, totally. Mm, yeah. Well, that's a good note to finish on. Um, we'll do our quick shots. So I think you know how that goes. Yes, no, hot, cold, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. And yeah. uh, we'll wrap it up. Mm -hmm. All righty. Ready? Yeah. Here, coffee. That's a, a cappuccino decaf satchel. <laughs> That's a Nescafe latte satchel. So we'll say coffee. A, and that's a bushel. No, that's a bushel oh, tea. No. <laughs> a bushel tea. I enjoy. I enjoy both, but I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't thrive off them. I'll yeah. enjoy a, a tea when we're finished, mm -hmm. and a bit of a bagel. Um, yeah. So it's nice to have. Nice to Oats. have. Yep. Cat or dog? Uh, dog, definitely. Mm -hmm. Sunrise or sunset? Both. Summer uh, or winter? Sometimes the same Sorry? You can say both. Yeah, no, That's both. I, I mean, I really do enjoy a, a sunset in the, or the late, you know, the afternoon, late afternoon in summer, uh, but mm. I do, you know, I do get up uh, pretty early and see a lot of sunrises um, just out walking or exercising or thinking. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, so I enjoy the whole day, really. Yeah. Summer or winter? <laughs> um, I love getting warm in summer and I love getting <laughs> cold in winter. I can take both. Being from the country, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love summer and I love winter. Like today, being out this morning was special, being out freezing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I love being out in a singlet top and some board shorts working on a, on, on a sunny day. So, yeah. Roller coasters, so I'm, do you I'm love I'm hedging my bets there, aren't I? Yeah, oh no, that's okay. I, I think you're pretty much an all-rounder and everything. You just see the 
find the good in everything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Uh, yeah, I don't mind a roller coaster. Life's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have your ups and downs. So, you know, we're into a bit of a down at the moment with COVID. Management, management is a roller coaster. Business is a roller coaster. You've got to learn to ride that roller coaster, Peter. You, you, you can't get stuck on it. You've got to get on the roller coaster and, and ride it. Yeah. You know, see it through. So. Mm-hmm. Three yeah. items you'd take to a desert island. Uh, let's say can I, I'll, I'll swap the desert island for the desert. Okay, for the desert. Yep. Yeah, and I'll say a, a good four-wheel drive vehicle. Yep. Um, good company. Mm-hmm. And plenty of water. All right. Plenty of water and tucker just to enjoy some time, peace time out there <laughs> uh, to ensure your survival. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favourite. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice. Favourite song or artist? Uh, well, so I guess the, the Red Hate Rambler has a little bit to do with Midnight Oil. I love Midnight yep. Oil. I love Peter Garrett and the boys. I saw Peter Garrett recently down doing a conversations hour with Richard Moorcroft down at Berry. Mm -hmm. I saw him on um, Doe the other day. Uh, look, I'm into rock music. I always have been. My granny played piano often to us. I remember seeing the Beatles at an early age of 62. So I was nine years old mm. on the farm at Young on black and white television. And my granny bought us a little record player and bought us every single that the Beatles released. Hmm. Um, and I can still listen to those and sing them, but you know, I like lots of bands, lots and lots yeah. and lots of bands. But I, I do. Uh, what was the question again? Favorite song or artist? <laughs> yeah, so you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, U2, Midnight yeah. Oil, all Australian rock bands, but probably the artist, um, Simple Minds, with the song that has the words, Will you recognize me? Walk on by or call my name. Rain keeps falling. Rain keeps falling down, down. And that song is "Don't You Forget About Me." Yeah. It's just it's it's a song above a song of um, above a lot of them. At the moment, I'm just with the COVID thing and the holidays. I'm playing uh, the song uh, on YouTube, going home or just uh, called A Good Light in Broome mm -hmm. uh, by Neil Murray. I was lucky to see Neil Murray uh, a couple of years ago at the Big Red Bash out of Birdsville and he did it live and I had the red hat up the front uh, and he's he's a, not that well known by the crowd and <laughs> the red hat and the red t-shirt of the Midnight Oil on uh, down the front just singing it away with him and so I'm playing that. It's about um, A Good Light in Broome and I, it's part of the country. I really do love the Pilbara. Mm -hmm. and the Kimberleys, yeah. So, yeah, um, quick answer is um, don't you forget about me. Okay. Is your glass half full or half empty? Uh, yeah, it's always half full. There's still a half to drink. It doesn't yeah. matter that it's half gone. So, And I guess I think you just said it. Uh, I guess, you know, for those of might be everybody knows what you're talking about, but sometimes they get mixed up that, uh, you find the good in whatever whatever it is. Look for the good rather than the bad. Yeah. You know, in this in this COVID situation today, the way I dealt with it straight away was okay. Let's wait and see what 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 the what the restrictions are going to be, and then we'll find the good in it and and make the best of it. You know, it's it's what you dealt with, and you know, 
from the mental health side, I guess, um, you know, and having uh, some closely related people to me suffering from anxiety and those sorts of things, their immediate thought would be, how are we going to get through the two weeks if we haven't got work? But, yeah. you know, yeah, that, that's weighing the negative against the positive. And I'm so lucky mm. to be able to, to go to the positive and, and work those things out first before delving into the negative. So, yeah, yeah. definitely a glass half full. Mm -hmm. Introvert or extrovert? Um, well, I always, I've always, I, you know, I like time on my own. I, I, I can, you know, I cherish time away on my own or away with close family mm -hmm. uh, or with close friends or acquaintances. Um, I do, and they're some of my, you know, most personal times. But, you know, given the, given the, um, the last 20 years of gaining a lot in confidence in business and in public speaking and, and not really worrying about what people think about me is probably the big thing, not really worrying what somebody, and this, this I think is a mental illness thing that uh, too many people uh, suffer by, by subjecting them to themselves that, that they consider someone is actually thinking about their actions when those people actually not thinking, they don't give a shit really about mm. what those persons are doing, but they, they analyse stuff that's not really happening. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm introverted. A lot of my early life is introverted. I still enjoy getting on my own, but I guess I'm an extrovert. An introvert with extrovert tenden tendencies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, they pop up like through the red hat ramp or you know, my ability yeah. to, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, if you had a warning label, what would it be? Uh, if I had a warning label, like on me, um, don't treat me as a fool mm -hmm. because you'll get bitten. Mm. All right. What was your favourite subject at school? Geography. Mm -hmm. uh, favourite food? Uh, well, that would have to be definitely Greek after spending so much time over there. I've, we've been... Nice. A bit lost in Wollongong at the moment because there's not a lot of Greek tucker around, but, you know, mm -hmm. a good Greek lamb and potatoes with some tzatziki and taramasalata, some dolmades, uh, and it has to be drunk with retsina, <laughs> the Greek resin wine. So, Greek. yeah, definitely Greek. I love Greek mm -hmm. food. I love Greek people. I love the way they enjoy their, their hospitality and eating and breaking glasses or breaking plates and things like that. Yeah. 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 Favourite drink? Uh, yeah, so I enjoy beer. Mm -hmm. Biggest uh, beer. Um, you know, also, oh. Sorry, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I enjoy beer, uh, but I also enjoy a white wine. Mm -hmm. um, Favourite beer, VB. Oh, okay. VB. <laughs> 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 I drink, that's why oh, my drink of choice. I won't hold that, <laughs> I won't hold that against you. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Um, where am I up to? <laughs> Lost me. Um, biggest fear? Uh, loss of loved ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Favourite sport? Um, so my dad, I think, think my dad and my uncles, I will, I, I will participate and enjoy rugby league, cricket, 
Um, I'm really into the Tour de France and cycling, the, the Tour Down Under. Uh, I love going to the races, um, race horse, horses. Um, yeah, uh, boxing, you know, from the days yeah, with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Yeah. I, I really can't get into MMA fighting. I just consider that's just a bit too... Yeah. A bit too vicious with the yeah. way they bash each other. But um, look, I have a full range. I show interest in the Olympics, in swimming, mm. in uh, a whole range of things I have. And I, you know, as, as Kathy, my assistant, will say, how the hell do you know so much on all these sports? And it's just through interest, I guess. Yeah. 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 So a wide um, range, a wide range. Yeah. Are you a morning person or a night person? Uh, definitely a morning. Mm-hmm. Definitely a morning, although I'm a morning person now. Definitely a morning person. Uh, there was a time uh, through my younger years, uh, through my younger years, the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s, I guess, where I was definitely a night person. I, you know, could party and stay up late. And <laughs> but you know, as I get as you get older, you've got to moderate. So I'm, you know, always been a morning person, um, but more so now. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? Nine point five. Whoa! <laughs> Drink half. And I say I say that because <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm I'm still a kid. Yes. I still I still haven't I still haven't grown up in lots of areas <laughs> like, you know, I I I what I'm suffering from at the moment is a lack of live music. Mm. You know, I, I really need some live music just to get down on the on the down the front there in the moss pit and cut loose. Mm. And I don't care what anybody around me thinks. I just enjoy myself and suck it in. Yeah. And that really revi- really revives me. So. Mm. So I'm pretty cool. No. And Drink. I say and I say and I say that the way she put it, I uh, say that. Um, uh, by his own category, uh, by his own categorization, one born from surety rather than conceit. <laughs> so I feel yeah, I'd be interesting yeah. to hear the world opinion on that. But <laughs> I think I'd, I think I'd probably get. Oh, he's a pretty cool bloke. Yeah, yeah. No. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think you're pretty cool. I think um, people who have the the confidence and are willing to be there for other people and to have that energy to try and um, help people and see the better side of things. It's, it's yeah, it's it's nice yeah. to see. Yeah. Dream path. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I guess, again, here I go with being very fortunate, but I am 68 and, you know, that's a fortunate part of life. Being alive is fortunate. Um, I drive uh, a 76 Land Cruiser wagon, mm-hmm. which is just about my dream four-wheel drive, <laughs> take it everywhere. My my uh, son-in-laws have got the same sort of thing, and one had a troopy and now's into a Land Rover. We get out of not as much as we should. And uh, going back, back to the farming days when I was a kid, um, one of my uncles was uh, a farmer and into horses, used to talk about, uh, would, would commentate at the Royal Easter Show for years and years and years on show jumping and stuff, but he also bred and trained trotters, mm-hmm. uh, which he would 
take to Leighton and Miranda and Bathurst and uh, Goulburn and um, somebody, his foreman would take the horses down to the races and I'd jump into his XJ12 Jag, 12 cylinders oh. of Jag, you know, three or four metres long and we would just belt down those, <laughs> belt down those roads. Nice. So I was able to, um, when, when the cheaper version of the, Jaguars came out in early 2000. Uh, I bought one and had that for 12 years, a red Jag. And my wife drove it. I drove it with pleasure as well. And then we upmarketed into an XF Jag, um, red one that goes like the clappers as well, but you can't get out there too much doing it. So very comfortable in that. So I've, I've reached, reached where I needed to be with my vehicle. So I was quite okay. happy about that. That's mm. nice. And well, my next question is favorite color, but we know that one, red. That's, that's red. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Apple or Android? Uh, Apple. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so, yeah, Apple. I've not, I, have, I don't, uh, some of the older phones when they were, well, we did, I did have prove uh, my partner, John Mendham, when the first mobiles came out, he got one. Saw it as a big revelation. This is back in the late mm -hmm. 80s, and they were the big, the big things that you'd have in the phone. In the, they'd have to stay yeah. in your car with a long yeah. cord. And I got one then after he got one, and they certainly were, especially if you're out in the bush and needed to contact mm -hmm. somebody, set something up, or you know, as as employees, you're out there doing your own field work, and you needed to be contacted by the office by clients and things. So uh, then all the little phones. But yeah, it's just um, Apple, I guess. Why? Well, I don't know. It just seems like I think you said it there somewhere, Peter. It's, they've just got the market. Yeah. yeah. They've got the market and they're, they're pretty functional. So, yeah. you know, mm. that, 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 they add value. They just yeah. continually add value that makes you buy them again. That's our secret for surveying. Continually <laughs> add value so your clients keep coming back to you. Exactly. It's simple as marketing and sales. So yep. that's what we're going to apply to our profession. Mm -hmm. mm. And lastly, star sign. Uh, I'm Aries. Aries. 9th of April. Yeah. yeah. Aries. All right. Can you, you, seem, you seem like you've got a bit of a fix on, uh, or a bit of an understanding and ability to interpret people in relation to their <laughs> star sign. Do I fit the Aryan, the Aryan months? I think so. It's probably one of the ones that I don't know the most about. So I might have to do a little bit of reading up before I give a definite yes or <laughs> no. I don't know. You that. tell me. Are you? Are you? Uh, well, look, I'm not. I never, never. Uh, that's one of those things I've compartmentalised <laughs> over there. Maybe when I get time, I can look into it and. <laughs> And see what it all means, but it, you know, to, uh, to me, it's well, I am who I am, make the most of it. So, and I, you know, I think I've been doing that, and I, hopefully, yeah. I can continue to do that definitely as long as I'm relevant. And, yeah, yeah, so way yeah, to go. Well, I think you'll be relevant for a while, and you do amazing things for the profession. So, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, thanks, Peter. I've been looking forward to it, and you know, if I've if um, you know, I've made a difference to someone that, that listens to this podcast, um, mm. especially you know, with, they may have a touch of mental health, anxiety, or something like that, and if that'd be, if I could make a difference there somewhere, that'd be the biggest joy. 
But, you know, to that young surveyor, thinking about getting out into business, you know, it's not just about surveying. You can't just hang up no. a shingle and start working. There's a lot that goes to it. Um, you, you need to consider whether you can do as well or better in, a, in an established practice working your butt off than you can for yourself. It's, you know, these days, it's not that bad working, you know, working in a business. Um, yeah. And, and getting, especially with the... the with the with the pays in surveying where they are, mm. you know, it's it's improved dramatically over the last few years oh, with the supply and demand. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if those couple mm. of things get out there, it's been uh, I've been uh, looking forward to doing this, and uh, you know, hopefully, some people find joy in our conversation out there, and um, you know, get something from it. So, thank you very much. You've got a, a great style in, in what you're doing, and I admire for what you're doing, especially setting up. Um, you know, and spending the money and, and, and getting this whole thing together. I know these things don't come cheaply. If we could get some funding for you, I reckon that'd be great because you are, oh. you are out there marketing, surveying, I think. so, And, and preserving a lot of what's going on, mm, you know, from, from how things have been. So, yeah, con yeah, congratulations on that, Peter. Thanks, Greg. And appreciate congratulations that. Congratulations on where you're going with your um, next part of uh, your yes. career. My next yeah. next I'll part be watching of the that. yes. Yeah, I'll be watching that with intent interest. <laughs> yes, I that'll be interesting. Thank you. Um, so just before we go, um, social media, websites, anything you want to put out there for everybody? Uh, yeah, look, I think um, so I was a social media outcast. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't do Facebook or I don't do Instagram. Um, and because I found that you know being a big disruptor, my wife and uh, those around me <laughs> uh, will say now you have just dived into LinkedIn, and uh, that was a few years ago. We, you know, people started talking to me, um, Kathy and others here, and Lauren, my daughter, and Stella, who look after social media in the place. Started talking about the value of LinkedIn as a business forum and yeah, not being definitely. You know, as hysterical as Facebook or Instagram can get. Mm. So I decided to look in. We we picked twelve or fifteen and had you know had a course, and maybe four or five of them are using LinkedIn. But the biggest user would be me because I, I really do see a, I really do see a forum there that you can make a difference. Yeah, uh, especially in marketing and advertising. Yeah, perhaps in attracting you know employees. Mm. Um, you know when they when they see what you can offer and what diversity there can be, mm -hmm. but you know having a voice and making a difference in the profession and providing a bit of fun, I guess. So yeah. it, it's you know um, as as you're well aware, you're very active as well. Um, you know it's it's fun, and yeah. you know you can make some relevant stuff. Like you know the other day, the other the other evening. Um, watching uh, was a state of origin it was something else that the night before but I came across a post um, uh, it, it was a Peter Rulo post again from um, land surveys about US Queensland and it was featuring a female a young lady yeah, yeah the young surveyor um, that was working through and he was saying look you know we need more diversity in surveying. Mm -hmm. um, we need more women in surveying. Uh, these days, it's not as physical. They're as intelligent as us, along all those lines. And then, you know, uh, we on that on that on that post, uh, 
with uh, an overseas a European um, commented that he it's not about gender, it's not about that, it's about capability, and he's yet to see uh, a female, maybe it was a climate, yet to be see a female that was able to be out there for six or seven hours in the cold and the wet, doing the same job as a male and something else and something else. So, so I responded and just said, well, look, that might be that might be the case. It was not here in Australia. We need we need females in surveying. They're welcome. Mm. And we've got females in this business. They're equally capable. Um, you know, these days with surveying not being as physical uh, in most cases. And, you know, then uh, I said we've even got, a, you know, in New South Wales, we have a, a very capable female surveyor general. Yeah. So that, that tag Narelle wasn't meant to, but Narelle <laughs> half an hour later came back with, you know, five paragraphs going, no, very, very well written. And, you know, I spoke to her about it and she said, look, I wasn't going to, but this needed, this needed response. So um, she, she replied and um, some, there must have been some other stuff overnight because next morning the post had gone. So it's, it just shows mm. you that, you know, we're talking social media here, so you can have an impact. So whoever yes. put the, and I'm not going to go into who it was. Yeah. They put the post on. It wasn't Narelle that, that had any, she didn't do anything to remove it. It wasn't Peter Rulo. I contacted him and said, Peter, interestingly, did you get rid of that because you thought it was outside the context of what you were saying? And he said, no. So the only the only way I could have done, I doubt it was reported because no. it, it wasn't very good. It'll be it the person that, yeah, the person yeah, so that the, actually posted that that comment. Yeah, had, and he <clears> had commented. Um, and I didn't, I didn't get the chance to read them all, but the whole thing was taken down. So, you know, it, mm. it is a forum for, you know, gender equality and all, all sorts of things like that, I think, you know, yeah. and employment and, yeah. So mm. I, I really do get into LinkedIn and I'm getting into it more just as I understand it. So Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we can find you there uh, on LinkedIn. Yeah, sure can. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Greg. It's been a pleasure. That's a wrap. Let's call that a wrap. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Greg. Next fortnight, I catch up with Mitch Hanlon from Hanlon's Consulting in Tamworth.